0: This is a defocused media production.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 2020 podcast, Canada's number one optometry podcast. I am your host, Dr. Harbir Cyan. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, out of your busy schedule to join me here to learn and to grow. I'm very excited. I have a special guest here to talk to us about myopia management, but a different aspect of myopia management that maybe we don't think about enough. And that is the training of our staff and the different people within our practices. I have Anne Tran here with me, who is the uh, external training and development manager at Esselor Luxotica. She's been she's an optician by trade. She has over 20 years of experience in the industry, although you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at her. She also is bringing some interesting insights as she's previously worked as a dental hygienist and using the insights from that setting, as being part of that dental team and the training that goes on there, and how that can be applied to training in the optical setting here in myopia management. Anne has, uh, is now in the field and has trained practices across Canada um, and how and helped them implement myopia management successfully into their practices. And today, she's gonna talk to us about training the team and how we can get everybody on the same page and really elevate myopia management in our practices. Uh, before we dive in, I wanna say a big thank you to Essilor, Essilor Lexotica for supporting this three-part series that we're doing on myopia management. This is part two, so if you haven't heard part one, once you're done listening to this one, go back and listen to part one, which was with Dr. Shalupal and Dr. Millicent Knight. It was an amazing episode, two leaders in the industry, of course. So, Anne, back to you. Thank you so much for joining me on this. I really appreciate having you here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is such an exciting opportunity. You know, this topic, myopia, really resonates with me. I'm a high myope myself. I started wearing oh. glasses at a very young age. Um, so this is something that I think from my own personal experience and being in this very unique role. Um, It's really exciting to be able to bring my own experience, but also be able to support and understand some of the challenges that our partners or our colleagues are actually experiencing in the field every single day. And this is a new category. It's a growing category, as you mentioned. Um, So this is, I think, that really important, crucial step where it's a holistic approach. So how how do we really work together, how to really support the team? And I think that's what's really exciting about my role and what I get to do every day.
1: Yeah, that's such an amazing point. Actually, a few points you made there. First of all, the fact that you are a high myope means that you really can resonate and relate to the patient journey as well as like what you're seeing on the professional side. Uh, But also like getting everybody in the whole team excited about it. That's something that I think, uh, you know, as an optometrist myself, I kind of miss that sometimes. I do talk about that, um, but, you know, I get kind of kind of caught up with the conversation I'm having in the exam room. And then I walk out and I hand over the prescription to my pay, my excuse me my staff and I say, okay, I need them to go into this lens. They're myopic and here's how often we need to see them back. And I, I, I know we've done the training, but I forget that we really got to make sure that those, our staff members, team members are really up to speed. So they feel really comfortable talking about myopia management the way that I might in the exam room. So this is a really important conversation, uh, not just for business owners, you know, even associate doctors who might be listening you know, you could take this information and take it back to the practice that you're at and share this with the owner or the staff and really help them kind of guide them to be on the same page. So um, really important conversation, really excited to dive in. So why don't we start with this? You know, in your own words, if you could describe what training teams for management, myopia management really looks like.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Maybe start with, I always like to kind of start with the whole basic concept of, you know, we've talked about this previously where, a lot of times we talk about a journey in the practice. It's about, and every practice is different, there's the patient-centric journey. And one of the biggest things that we always have to really explore um, is understanding kind of what is that lifetime value of a patient as well. So when you actually have a new patient, and in this case, a lot of times it's children that's coming in for their first eye exam, this is something that if we kind of tie it back to the first episode we had with Dr. Charlotte Powell, She starts talking about that conversation as a journey, and it starts with the parents. But as the children learn and they understand how sight is very important to everything that they do and everything that they learn, it's now taking a step back where I would say it's twofold that we have to look at that, not just patient centric, but also consumer centric, because the parents at some point is trying to make a decision. and, And that is where it goes sometimes from that medical approach to that transactional And when we talk about that team approach, every single touch point of that journey is so important. Every Mm. person in an office can influence or can have an impact in exactly what that experience will be and what that value is for that particular individual. So this is where I I think I've been privileged of having the opportunity to not only support the team. So my internal team with how do we build these trainings, how do we take all the research and development our global team has worked on with myopia as a category, myopia as a solution and the solutions we offer, how do we really bring it all together and support that conversation in such a simplistic way that adds value to our patient, our parent, um, and where they're engaged through that whole process and that's why it's a complete holistic approach in the way that we kind of take our training and how we execute our training. so really the key thing here that I was, I was, you know, the first step is empowering your team. How do you right. empower your team is taking that conversation. And, you know, I've been doing this for a number of years, as you mentioned at the very beginning, mm-hmm. we always try to simplify it. And and with myopia, we've simplified it so much where we say, well, it's nearsightedness. It's just for you to see right. in the right. distance. Um, this is where we have to really go mm-hmm. back to it, it is a condition and you yep. don't want to scare them where it's a disease or it is, yeah. But you really want to kind of have really it's a condition that we can manage and we can control. And being a parent myself and looking at all the kids these days, my kids are all gen alpha. So they're 12 and under at this point. My oldest just turned 13. But they're going to be our largest living generation. They're our future. So we need to understand those stats. And this is where I think it has to really start to empower our teams. And there's different skill sets different age groups that are working within our teams whether they're you know the administrative assistant or if they're our optometric assistant or if they're our dispensing team or optician we all have different conversations and we resonate those messages differently so we have to start to really kind of take that as a holistic and I keep using that word but every person on that team needs to speak to myopia in such a way where it's you know what If you have been diagnosed or if our doctor had shared that with you that you are now myopic this is something that we can prevent because there's a small window where we can prevent it from getting worse and then you're going to have it for your rest of your life and we want to support you with taking care of you and this is where i talk about that lifetime value of that patient it's really having that continued engagement where they see the value in the the offer and the service and then really seeing how that solution is really going to support them. So this is where we talk about myopia. You know, it's it's an epidemic that will affect the future generations. It is so important where we have to talk about the solutions and teaching our teams and understanding the opportunity of starting that conversation first. So I think that's a really important aspect is every team member needs to talk about it. And one thing that we do as a team training is it's what do we do for them before they even come in? Right. And when they come in, it's now, hey, did you hear about, you know, we when we did our pre-call and reminder, we mentioned that our team is actually proactively pre-screening for myopia. And your Mm. child is under that age group where we are pre-screening. It doesn't matter if you, you know, in any aspect, every child that walks through that door is being treated the same way with the same level of care. That's how it should start before they even come in. And then what does each team member do when they're actually in the practice um, to really support them with understanding, let's be proactive. Let's start that conversation and continue that conversation every single time they come in um, so they can continue to educate themselves moving forward.
1: Yeah. So many, so many really good points there. Um, First on the, like the thing that I harp on so much is like looking at myopia, not as just a refractive condition, but an ocular disease. Right. And when you start looking at it that way, you, start to think about treating it very differently, not just correcting it. But actually, now this is the second thing I, I wanted to touch on that you mentioned, that not just correcting it, but not just controlling it, but managing it, right? Uh, and to me, those are three different things where uh, the management is looking like, the, and then the third thing, the word you used, holistic, kind of um, uh, taking that holistic look on the patient's life, not just right now that the fact that they're minus one, but like their entire life, what is that going to look like? And having that holistic approach is is so valuable i think all of that's so key and, and important um and finally something that maybe i don't do enough with uh, i certainly don't do enough is is um understanding the the different generations uh like our staff our team members they, you know some of them are millennials some are gen z and i guess not yet alphas but soon enough we'll have some alphas that, that are working for us as well uh, and understanding that they have different approaches right let them find their own voice and how they want to talk about myopia and get them comfortable in that way. Really, really great stuff. Um, all important when we're thinking about all the different people in our staff and our and our team and how they might approach this topic. You talked a lot about being proactive there. Um, I think that's super important. Now, I, you know, instead of just becoming reactive and responding to a fact that a child is already myopic. Um, what's Essilor Luxottica doing right now to kind of be more proactive and take a stand against myopia?
0: And this is where it's absolutely so important and it's something I'm super proud of to be working for Essilor Luxottica. We feel it's our responsibility as a global leader to lead the fight against myopia. You know, a large part of putting that responsibility really into action is our dedication that we've continually tried to partner with associations and organizations, not only on a global level, but also on a local level. Um, it is really because of this that we continue to be proactive, where it's bringing that visibility of research, innovation. And as this is a growing category, I think that's what a lot of our, you know, colleagues are looking for is they want the right information they want the right guidance and and who do we need to partner with to really not only speak to you know business to business or between partners but are we speaking towards the consumer so what are we actually leveraging to really bring that visibility for the layman's individual the public if that's a good way of putting it um, to really understand that hey this is the solutions are available for something that is becoming extremely common and at risk for our future populations Um, and maybe some examples i can kind of share from you know partnering with our national to local groups Um, previously we do support some local efforts such as you know we we recently sponsored the myopia meeting Um, it's also repeating again this coming december this is where we really kind of bring the in-depth knowledge of myopia management to our eye care professionals throughout North America. Um, I'm also super excited to share that we've met with the Canadian Association of Optometrists and they have now joined the GMAC, um, which is super exciting. And of course, you know, we had the whole event with the BC Doctors of Optometry um, earlier this year. And, you know, to really right. focus on that growing of the practice. This is something that we continue to strive towards. And being an optician myself, you know, in the past year, I've had the privilege of really bringing the myopia management conversation to a lot of our dispensers within Ontario. And this is really what we're trying to do is work with all the different associations to understand, you know, as this category continues to grow, the logistics of how do we implement it? How does it become my reality in my practice? Because we have to recognize across Canada there's so many different types of demographics. Mm-hmm. and the conversation depending on the demographics has to change and once again the child is our focus but the parents are coming in with questions or maybe they're not even knowing what kind of questions to ask because we need to now really kind of be that voice um, and that's something we strive to continue to do at Essela Exotic to be that voice to really lead the charge and to grow this category overall.
1: That's great so the the GMAC is the Global Myopia Awareness Coalition and that's a an organization that consists of multiple uh, organizations to help bring awareness to myopia right across the world. Um, and it's so it's pretty amazing that the um, CAO has has joined that fight to kind of bring that message across Canada. So globally, of course, we got to raise awareness. There's this epidemic. We know uh, by the year 2050, half the world's population is going to be nearsighted or myopic, you know, it, it, there's a lot of conversations we need to have on that scale but if we narrow it down, uh, you know, you mentioned BCDO. What are some of the other efforts uh, that are happening, kind of more grassroots, more locally? What are some of the challenges maybe that you're facing? Because I feel like globally, okay, let's put messaging out, right? But locally, when you're actually seeing people face-to-face, when you got boots on the ground, it's a little bit different. So what kind of things are you facing there?
0: Absolutely. I think the number one thing is education. It's It's as simple as that.
1: Hmm. You know,
0: we're only as powerful our knowledge is power that's that's always the message that we try to share and this once again goes back to how do we support training from the team perspective you know to elaborate maybe on on how our approach is, is every journey point that we have and and to really understand this I think more in depth is take each step with where does that conversation start and how do we educate that particular individual in that conversation? So if I was to map out kind of what a patient journey for myopia in, in the office will look like is it's everybody doing pre-screening is your admin team that's confirming whether they're setting off an email or if they're getting that phone call inquiry is you need to have a really clear message of what does myopia manage mean in your practice. So you need to be able to start with as simple as training the staff with, you know, what does that mean to you and how do you convey that passion that the team is embodying in a really simple one, two sentences that Mm -hmm. is absolutely truthful to what you guys are going to be able to deliver when they bring them into your practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where you start with that individual. And this is where we really support the team communication because each individual in the office needs to be able to speak to it. Because when the patient comes out of the exam room, a lot of times there's a lot of information that may be shared and they need to now have the team to support that conversation and add value or clarification to what the doctor's recommendation is. So that starts, like I said, from the very beginning. And then when you get into maybe like the pre-testing area of an office, we have great tools that we've been able to leverage and use when it comes to that risk factors that we talk about. This is such a key component that I've been able to really help support a lot of my business partners when we actually deploy our training with those risk factor questions should be explored prior to going into the exam room because it's getting them understanding it's not just the solution. It's only going to work as well if there's compliance and an understanding to some lifestyle or okay. behavioral changes okay. so we do have a pre-testing questionnaire that we've been able to utilize those top five you know risk factors that we look at whether it's ethnicity um, are both parents myopic or if one parent myopic we would use those examples um, and teach our pretest team where it's like hey once again if you're if you're sharing with the public that you're pre-screening every child for risk. Then when you come to the pretest, you need to start that conversation because they've already been exposed to it. With there's some key questions we need to understand as an example. Um, is you know, we need to know what kind of lifestyle habit questions, and then there's the diagnostic. So I always teach our teams where you can break it down to two categories: mm-hmm. factors you can control and factors you can't control. Yeah. Right. So factors you can't control are a lot of times where I, I've i encouraged my doctors, we have to lean on your expertise. Because that's where you really come in and share that value. But the factors we can control, this is where our team needs to speak to that. You know, how much time do you spend outdoors? Hey, if your child's spending more time on digital screens after their regular school hours, how do we manage that? How do we yeah. start to have that conversation? And, and one of the things I always find is challenging is as a parent is – we always try to do our best for our kids and nothing is worse when you hear like, oh, I'm not doing well enough because they are spending more time on screens. We live in the digital era. Yeah. I always tell everybody, don't fault the parents. We can't stop them from using digital screens. Right. We need to talk to them about how do we manage this? And it's not just about digital screens is even for a lot of kids. They may have a lot of hobbies that they do that are up close. So, they're still using that vision because, so this is where we need to help them. You know, what are some lifestyle recommendations? Always giving some kind of tips or best tricks. But that pre screening is so important because you're getting the parent to think about it. You're also getting the child, depending how young they are, whether they're super young or if they're a little bit older and they understand is to get them to be part of the conversation. Instead of making them feel bad, you really share the concept of, you know, we wanna try to you know manage your, your up close work time out of your school activity. If you love reading, let's take our regular breaks. How do we manage that all together? Um, but this sets the stage for the exam room. So we normally have these kind of risk factor charts that you can actually laminate. It's, it's like a little checklist where you have that conversation with the parent mm-hmm. patient. And then they follow them into the exam room. So I know a lot of times they're trying to avoid paper, um, but the idea is this is just an engagement tool. So when you ask them, you know, are you myopic? Most parents, if they're wearing contact lenses, sometimes they'll forget to tell you that they're myopic, (laughs) or if they've had had
1: laser surgery, right? Or they've had
0: laser eye surgery, and then they're like, oh no, I'm not, but they're still myopic. So this is where they start to go, oh yeah, so that puts my child at risk, and now you're having a different conversation. That has been one of the most, I would say, crucial steps that's helped our doctors really convey the importance and the urgency, depending on their risk level, whether it's high, moderate to low, with what's the next step? And it's it's really interesting because this little kind of sheet that we've been able to utilize, they now follow them throughout the whole journey. So once a doctor has done the exam and you circle it, you're at high risk, comes out to the dispensing team, the dispensing team starts that next step conversation with, Here's the doctor's diagnosis. Here's the recommendation. Now let's explore this together. What are we going to do before you just jump into solution mode? You know, as much as, you know, we have the most innovative latest generation, Stellis, of our myopia solution that we wanna talk about. This is where it's really important where it's like, you know, the solution is only as good if they see value in it. So when I always talk about it, it's the best solution, but why is it the best for that child? So, this is where, as a dispensing team, and once again, we educate from the product standpoint. So, stylus, how does HALT technology work? And this is where I was it's simplifying it. Hey, you know, and this is one that I always throw out there. I always ask the parents, do you know how much of the back of your eye, let's ask the technical, you know, did you know, is your retina? And a lot of times they're like, okay, these are big words. I'm like, two thirds of the back of your eye is your retina. That's responsible for not just your sharpest vision, but it's all the visual stimulus all the signals that they need to get, two thirds of the back of your eye is your retina. So when we talk about how do we control this, Stelis is a lens that follows the shape of the eye. This is where it's really important, meaning your your sensory is going to always get that response. And I think that's one of those important aspects where you put it simply where they can then visually see it and that helps with the dispensing, the recommendation. And now once again, identifying their risk level this is super important where they now you set that engagement. This is the value of the care. You're coming back at three months or you're coming back at six months. Mm-hmm. How often do we need to see you? Now there's an engagement where you give them really a, a to do list if that's a good way of doing it. Um, but every person on that team is speaking to a component that will resonate with the parent. And also make sure the child understands that you have a role to play in this. You need yeah. to wear these glasses. It, you know, you have some risk. There's some lifestyle things that you do and you love playing the piano or, you know, these are things where you need to manage your time and space it out. So your eye gets the break. So it's a really comprehensive kind of training approach. When we talk about myopia management and not just ha- so heavily on just like, here's a solution, but it's a complete holistic approach.
1: That's a lot. And that's, uh, uh, <clears throat> a really amazing way to kind of spread that out over the entire process, the entire journey, as we talked about, uh, you know, uh, preemptively kind of mentioning it or through, you know, maybe even before the patient calls you through social media, they've heard it now maybe, or something like that. Then when they call, you've mentioned it. And then when they're going through pre-testing, they've, they've heard about it again. And that laminated form, we've actually adopted our own version of uh, like, so we took just, you know, to save paper, our intake forms are now laminated. So I like that idea a lot. So is that something that you provide uh, as a resource to offices? There's a pre-made laminated form that you can provide.
0: We do have our one pagers are prepared to go. Um, a lot of times it depends on the practice. Some of them would prefer to fully laminate. Some people just put it in a page cover. Mm. Um, so a lot of times it depends on their practice. And that's one of the things that we do as, as a training team is we understand kind of what is your floor layout? What is your mm. pathway? How do we really support you with that aspect? And then, of course, our tools that we have are very conducive to being easy to use because if it's difficult once again if i put the team and and many of the teams i've worked with or even being in the dispenser myself if it's hard to use you won't use it yeah and and then it's also sharing the right facts so even simple things as, you know, the efficacy of Stellis. You'll have some parents, if they're never worn glasses, they want to know, like, what's, if you're making this recommendation, this product, how do I know, how does it work? What's the efficacy? Um, this is where we have patient consumer brochures that will highlight, you know, the 67% efficacy of the lens. Um, we also have, you know, your passport. So one of the tools we do have, it's called the um, Stellis passport. It actually maps up the complete journey, when they should come back. Yeah. Um, there's, what does the parent's responsibility is? What is the child's responsibility. And it's like a quick checklist. And it's fun, it's engaging. um, But it gets them to, like I said, to be part of the solution. And this is where we have to look at myopia as a complete condition. It's a management. It's something that we need to take care of um, and, and continue to kind of move it forward. But there is, and I always stress it, it's kind of like it's a small window that you can take care of this um, where you can make a really big impact, which is at their Mm -hmm. younger ages when they're developing. You know, and I always draw the parallel and our example to like orthodontics since I'm in the dental world as well. Um, You know, orthodontics you can do at any age. But the biggest impact with myopia management is you have the biggest impact in that early development years. Once the eyeball has grown to a length that is, you know, we need more concern. There's more disease related or risk factors. That's when we can say, you know what, we could have done something about it. So this is why we need to be proactive. We need to speak to that conversation. We need to be the first, be the expert, speak to it. Um, And every single person on the team needs to be part of that conversation.
1: That's, that's really great. And I, um, the passport thing, I, I, I love that, you know, I don't know how it is in other provinces, but Here, um, when you're when you have a baby, for, so we have a young baby here. So I'm kind of going through this, but you get a little booklet for immunizations and stuff like that. And yeah. so we, you know, we take that and we go to get her immunizations. All right, write it down. I did this digitally recorded somewhere too, but we're still in a habit of taking this little passbook, this little passport. And so I think when you give a parent that, it 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 clicks. It's very easy for them to understand. And there's lots of nice graphics and information in that passport. I have parents bring that in regularly. They'll bring that in and they'll ask me to. if I'll forget, sometimes they'll be like, can you please fill out my passport for me? (laughs) They want to make sure that everything's up to date in that little booklet. Super helpful. Um, You know, when I do other things in the office where I have little tear off pads where I write, you know, for dry eye, I make a lot of analogies to dry eye with myopia management, like implementing a new specialty in your practice there's certain steps that are kind of parallel and one of them is I don't have a passport but I have a little checklist that I do check off and I'll scribble some things on there and I'll hand them hand it to the patient I'll say okay now this is your homework right this is your little reference of what you need to do when you go home stick it on your fridge or something so having this little passport for the myopia management for the stellist is I think really valuable for parents Um, but kind of going back to like the overall training you know The optometrist, or even like just if you're an optician, for example, who's owned, you own an optical and you're selling stellis, you can't do everything yourself. If you're the owner or the lead, you need to be able to delegate. And the same goes again in dry eye, making that analogy. Uh, You know, I might make a dry eye recommendation, but I can't then go do the treatment and do the education because then I won't have time to see patients otherwise, right? I'll be doing that all day. Um, So it's very, very important that we, we learn to delegate educate our staff so they can take those roles on confidently and uh you know save us a lot of time make the whole process a lot more efficient i think it's really valuable
0: i, I agree with you on that and and time is i th- i think something that as i get older we are always challenged with and i think for a lot of our business partners practice owners or even our our staff and team time is always something that we struggle with on a day-to-day basis <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. because there's always something that's happening whether the phone is ringing or it's the Friday before a long weekend everybody's rushing in to get their jobs or pick up their classes Um, but this is where when we say from a support perspective so we do provide on-site training and support in creating that myopia management and practice but our training team also works really closely with the leonardo platform so that's our global learning platform this is where we we try to build a process where even if you were to learn something, it takes time to integrate. It takes time to be comfortable and confident in speaking about it. So we actually do a combination of on-site and then, of course, there's layered learning. Learning. Um, where you now can have an opportunity to really leverage or use our Leonardo virtual training and, and kind of really build that confidence, depending once again on the different skill sets within your team. There's different, and the great thing about Leonardo, if no one has been on it, I'm hoping most of you guys have explored this already. Um, you know, a simple way of putting it, sometimes I'm like, it's like the Netflix of,
1: of <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good analogy um, yeah.
0: where it, it will customize to your, your, you know, what topics you're looking for. But we have great, you know, whether it's a video, um, a crate, you know, two minute read. There's great learnings and like as an example, we have like Dr. Kate Gifford, um, who's a leader, speaker, podcast. You know, it's a business partner that really helps focusing on the communication with parents. And sometimes that's the challenge that we have. Um, She's got a great one called the six C's of communication. Um, This is something where you just have to take time to sometimes listen to that information, digest it, then put it in your own words, make it applicable to your practice. Um, And of course, this is an ongoing process where we're going to learn Best practices. And until you start to kind of explore that from not just an on site, but a virtual, you get the best of both world, worlds where you can really learn. From that research and development, SS being one of our global leaders is really kind of diving into some of the really hot off the press information and really make it applicable to the current needs of every single person walking through that practice. Um, We also have regional workshop based events. So this is for our experts and EL360 partners. It's really tailored to really bringing them kind of up to the minutes of here's some of maybe your day to day challenging um, situations that might have come up. So we really try to build these events around um, the needs of our business partners and say, you know what, this is something that we continue to evolve and really ensure that we're supporting you the best way um, and and really giving, you know, that image, not image, but the overall experience where it's about improving lives by improving site. And this is something that's really key. And I think we really strive to continue to support from an educational perspective and different venues of being able to get that education exposure. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. That's multiple different platforms and resources and venues as you said whether it's in person at these regional events or online through the netflix of online eye I- care education um, or through podcasts everybody everybody learns differently right so having the different ways for people to engage and learn is so important and i think maybe the the most important mo- the most uh, common pu- pushback uh, um different people will give is like i don't have time but if you if you find a platform that works well with you Um, you know, if you like podcasts, you can listen while you drive or if, or while you work out or something, you know, if you're more of a, like, you want to sit and watch something, then Leonardo platform might be it. Um, so just finding the, the, the platform that works well for you and you'll find the time, you'll find the the value in it. I think that's really important. And you know, the, the, maybe the, one of the last things we want to share or go back to with all of this, the reason why all this education is so important is because this category is so new. Right. For some of us, it might feel like, oh, we've been talking about myopia management for years. But in general, the advent of some of these technologies is very new, like the Stellis lens, for example, released only a couple of years ago. And some of the other technologies that are out there. Um, Education, it might not be so new for us as practitioners, but it's new for the public. Right. It's so important for us to continue to share that message with the public and give them as many touch points as possible so that they are aware of these treatment options available, management options available. So, uh, you know, it's important for us to kind of keep learning ourselves so we can keep sharing that message.
0: Absolutely, and I, and I agree with you in every aspect that you just shared. It's like I said, really some key words that I, I would say as maybe some final takeaways is, not only do we need to empower our teams, we need to empower our parents and our patients in mm-hmm. understanding the value of the care and how important it is that myopia is, something that if you've been diagnosed with myopia, you will have for the rest of your life. It's how is it going to impact you? Um, And and really kind of having that conversation overall and and continuing that where we're empowered, if we take those first steps to start those conversations, we will make that difference and that change in the future or even not in the future, but right now. And Mm -hmm. it, it is really to act now. Um, I, I would say kind of my final thoughts is I, I love saying this to every parent any of my teams that I've had the privilege to train um, even my internal team my trainers are in the field is we're our goal is really to help our children grow at a healthy rate
1: mm.
0: we want them to be healthy that's the the most simplest message we can have is we just want our kids to be as healthy as they can be and what we can control is we can control how healthy, they can grow and grow at the rate that they're supposed to. And that's really what myopia control as a whole and myopia management is. They're going to grow. We want them to grow. We don't want them to stop. We want Mm -hmm. them to grow, but we really want to help them grow in the best way that they can and get the best of experience overall.
1: Absolutely. That's great messaging. And I think that's certainly, that's something nobody can argue with, especially no parent is ever going to deny that they want their child to grow and be healthy and we are here to support them in that journey. So thank you so much, Anne, for all the all the information uh, and the education and all the support that you're providing to ECPs across Canada. Really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing your insight here on the podcast today. Any other final words you want to share before we wrap up?
0: Uh, I, I, you know what, if anything, the final word is, it, it's important to really accept. be proactive. Myopia management is a whole new category. Embrace it. I know it's always scary when we need to learn something new. Yeah, um, but we all can make a difference. It's one step at a time.
1: Awesome, love it. Thank you so much, and thank you to Essilor Luxottica again for supporting this series of podcasts. Don't forget, this is the second of three, and uh, I'd love for you to go back and check out if you haven't already listened to the episode with Dr. Shalu Paul and Dr. Millicent Knight, and make sure you look out for the third episode that's going to be coming out very, very soon. Thank you, everybody, who's listening and watching to the 2020 podcast, Canada's number one optometry podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode.